Hello, this is Basil Howard Brown, and welcome to Messages of Revival. Today is the day the Lord's made, so let's rejoice and be glad in it. As you listen to this podcast, I believe God will touch, heal, deliver, and set you free. Open your heart to receive now, and remember, the joy of the Lord is your strength. God bless. Mark chapter 4 and verse 35 says, In the same day when the even was come, he said unto them, Let us pass over to the other side. Now I want you to remember those words. Let us pass over unto the other side. Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was, into the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. And when when there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat the ship, so that it was now full, and he was in the hinder or the backside of the ship, asleep on a pillow. See, let me say this, Jesus had a plan. The plan that Jesus has was to go over to the other side. No matter what he was facing, the plan was to go over to the other side. That was the plan for all the disciples. That was the plan for all those ships at that moment, was to go over to the other side. But the disciples said unto him, and they went and woke him up, and they said, Master, carest thou not that we perish? See, the disciples had another idea. They were preparing to die. If only they had listened to the words of Jesus... Let's go over to the other side. Then they probably would have just chilled out and said, you know where we're going. It doesn't matter how the storm looks. We're going over to the other side. Hello. I mean, listen, we all face storms in life. A lot of people face financial difficulties. And when those financial difficulties come, then it's like they're in a major storm. The wind is crashing the boat. The boat's about to sink. And they're running around like a chicken with their head chopped off. Hello. Instead of going back to the Word to find out what the promise of the Father is concerning the situation that they face. Hello. My people perish for lack of knowledge. The only reason why you get into fear in a crisis is because you you don't know the Word of God. It's not your foundation. You don't have a revelation of the Word. You have to get a revelation of the Word so that Word becomes your foundation. So when there's a crisis, the first thing that rises up on the inside of you is the Word. Do you think when they woke up Jesus, do you think He freaked out? Do you think He said, boys, why don't you wake me up a whole lot earlier? I mean, I could have done something about this. Well, I don't have a problem. At least I can walk on water. What are you boys going to do? Hello. No, He didn't respond like that. Because what was the plan? We're going over to the other side. Listen, we've all faced crisis in our life. We all face this. I mean, I remember the stuff we faced back in South Africa before we had a revelation of the word concerning prosperity and the blessing that God has given us and made provision for us. And we'd hit a crisis, and I'm telling you right now, the wheels of the bus would fall off. I mean, we'd come to a grinding halt. I mean, I'd be freaking out, and my wife is freaking out, and the kids are freaking out, and everybody's freaking out. Why? Because we, we didn't have a revelation of the Word. We, we're driving junkers held together with bailing wine Jesus stickers. Hello. 
couldn't pay our bills, couldn't be heaven, didn't have enough money to buy food, would take our, 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 our cool drink or milk bottles or whatever to the store to get money back so we could buy other bread and stuff like that. And that's how we were for a season. Hello. You talk about, you talk about the desert. I know, I know all about the desert. We've been there. We couldn't even pitch a tent because we didn't have the money to do it. Hello. Anybody can relate to any of this stuff? Three of you. Okay. <laughs> so we, we know what we, we know. We, we know about all this stuff. We've been there. You know, the, the thing is this. We chose not to stay there. Because in all of that stuff, I could never see Jesus. I always used to ask the Lord, what's wrong with me? Why? I mean, you bless other people. You don't bless me. You don't. But, but listen, if I'm doing what the Bible says, and I have a foundation, the Word of God in the inside of me, then life changes. Oh, you listen to me. Life changes. When you get a revelation of the Word, and you actually find out how simple our walk with God really is. Because all of our steps are ordered of God. So if we take a step that's ordered of God, let me tell you what, when God orders your step, wherever He leads you, He feeds you. He's going to provide for you. He's going to take care of you. Are you listening to me? When we're running around like the prodigal son, let me tell you where you end up. You end up in the pig pen. You end up with the oinkers. Hello. And I'm not talking about bacon every morning either. Amen. <laughs> Because those pigs are not yours. But you, you're living in the pig pen. If we get a revelation of the word, listen, God will take us right out the pig pen and put us back in, in the place we should be. Hello. That's what, that's what the father did for the prodigal son when the prodigal son came home. Listen, he, he, he killed the wheat-fatted calf and he put a robe on his back and sandal on his feet and a ring on his finger. And they had a party. He rejoiced over the fact that his son had come home. And I can tell you right now, when we come home to our Heavenly Father, let me tell you what, God rejoices over the fact that we've come home. And I'm not talking about going to heaven, I'm talking about down here on this earth, when we press into the things of God and we get the revelation of the Word and we put God first, I tell you right now, God rejoices over the fact. God delights in our prosperity. He's the one that's prospering us, but He delights in our prosperity. Hello. It excites God to bless us. No, we, we've all gone through difficult things. People say, you don't know what it's like because you're a preacher. Oh, I know exactly what it's like. Until I got a revelation of the word and allowed God to set me free. We, we've been down that road before. Hello. I just got so tired of poverty and lack that we drew a line in the sand and said, this is it. No more. I said, my kids are not going to experience what we did as kids. And, they, and, and they're sure not going to grow up in a home that, that's, you know, run by poverty run by lack. Hello? And I tell you what, when we drew the line in the sand and made a decision, no more, we are going to find out what the Bible says, apply this word to our life, and see God set us free. Let me tell you what, God literally turned our lives around back in South Africa from, from being unemployed to a place where we had a job to a place where I started running a, a, a separate office for the company nine months later to a point where we were earning eight to $18,000 a month. Hello. I mean, you can live fairly well on eight to eighteen thousand dollars a month. I mean, you can come, you can, you know, get by. Amen. God provided; He met the need, but He only did it when we applied the Word of God to our life and made the adjustments and made the changes that we needed to make. 
You know, tithing is an adjustment. If you're not tithing, do it. You know, when my wife and I, we've counseled people over their finances, and they'll sit down with us and go, man, we're just having so much financial difficulty. Let me tell you what I ask them first. Do you tithe? Do you tithe? Do you sow? Do you give offerings? Uh, if they say no, I say, okay, well, can't help you. Now, you go away, you tithe for a couple of months, and then come back and talk to me. Because you know what? In a couple of months, God will set them free. So they probably won't come back and talk to me. But I can't help you if you're not a giver. Because the principles I'm going to teach you about your finances is actually tithing, giving, and sowing, and being a blessing. Hello. Amen. It's very simple. Counseling is very simple. Just line it up with the Word, and if they don't line up with the Word, then make some adjustments. Amen. Sometimes it's hard to make the adjustment. But if we're going to walk in the blessing of God, then adjustments are needed. Amen. If you want to run in revival and the fire of God, let me tell you what, adjustments are going to be needed. If we want to see revival shake the nation, we're going to have to make some major adjustments in the church. Glory to God. I tell you right now, God's God's in the business of setting people free. And He's given us a way out through the Word, through Jesus. He's already made the way. We just have to find it so we don't perish. Can you say amen? So, let's see what happens over here. Master, careth thou not that we perish? Verse 39, And he arose and rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. See, listen to me real carefully. If you have your eyes fixed upon Jesus in the storm, he will cause that storm to cease. Now, let me, let me tell you what the difference is right now, because we still face storms. We still have storms in our life. I mean, storms are going to come and go. I don't care how long you serve God. I don't care how strong your faith is. I don't care how much word you know. You're still going to have a storm. The difference is this. In early days, before I had a revelation, we'd get into a storm, and it would beat the tar out of us for days on end and weeks on end and sometimes months on end. And we barely scrape it through, and then we into the next storm, and that's how life was. Now, when we have a revelation of the Word, let me tell you what, when those storms come, I go, okay, here's another opportunity to see the miracle-working power of Jesus in our life. I'm telling you right now, folks, I say this, when we come out the other side of the storm, we are going to have a testimony to the glory of God. Why? Because my faith and my trust is in God, I'm standing upon the Word, and I have an expectation of a miracle happening. When your back is up against the wall and you have no which way to go, you are in a great place because you're about to see a miracle from God Almighty. Hello. You're about to see a miracle from God Almighty. So we still have storms, but we just treat them differently. We go into a storm full of joy. We come out the other side full of joy. Hello. Amen. I remember going into storms depressed, coming out even more depressed. Now we go into a storm full of joy, we come out the other side full of joy. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at, look at what the Bible says over here. He said, why, verse, verse 40, he, says, he said unto them, why are you so fearful? Why are you so fearful? Why, when you face a storm in life, why are you so fearful? Let me tell you why you are so fearful. You are so fearful because you don't know what the Word of God says. 
You know, let me, let me, let me, let me explain it like this. Anybody ever ski? I know this church loves skiing, so anybody ski over here? Okay, so let me, let me tell you what. I, I was up in Alaska, and, and my friends of mine, that's when we passed the church up there, they said, come on, we're going to take you skiing. I'm like, I can't ski. I've never skied before. I water skied, but not, not you know, I skied. So they said, or snow skied. So they said, okay, well, we'll take you. So they went out, bought me boots, and bought me skis, and took me up on the mountain. And let me tell you something. I mean, it probably wasn't maybe a mile, maybe a mile and a half down the slope. It's, it's, it's nothing, no big deal. You know, the slopes are like this, you know. Some of the like this, but I mean, it's just, it's no big deal. It's not a black diamond stuff. It's, it's, I don't even know what diamond, but it's the, the lightest one you can go down, you know. And let me, let me tell you what, it took me about an hour and a half to get down that slope. I mean, there was times that I was sitting on the slope like this, and these little kids, about yay big, were just coming like this past me, and I'm looking at them going, what? And these kids were just going down the mountain, and I'm like, here I am, big boy, sitting on his blessed assurance, on the snow, skis up in the air, and these kids are just coming by me. And every time they would take us up in the lift, and, and, and this friend of mine, I mean, this friend of mine, he does black diamond, he, he skis amazingly. He'd hop off the list, lift, and I'd hop off the list, lift, and, and listen, I'd hit the ground, and they'd have to stop the lift for me. Every time I went up, they stopped the lift. I mean, like, I feel like getting up to the thing and saying, hey, could you just stop it, because you're going to stop it anyway? And I'd fall down on the ground, I'd have to crawl out the way so the lift can carry on going. I remember him standing down about probably 20 feet down the side of the mountain and, you know, I'm standing with my, I'm, I'm snow plowing like this and my skis are like crossing almost over and I've got cramps in my hips and I'm sore and, and he's looking at me like, Basil, come, just come down to me and I'll stop you over here. I'm like, okay. So I put my skis straight, go down and I hit him so hard that he flew out of his skis and rolled about 20 foot down the mountain. And then he lands over there and he rolls around and looks at me and goes, my God, you're so big. I'm like, bro, you said you were going to stop me. I mean, it's not my fault that I blew you out of your skis. I mean, I play rugby, so what do you expect? I mean, I probably dropped my shoulder into the dude and just knocked him out of his skis, you know. So, so, so here I am on the ski slopes. I mean, listen, it just it was pathetic. I, I get down to the clubhouse eventually, and we, we're having something to eat. And so the two guys that are with me, they said, they said well, look, we're going to go back up the slope. And here's what they said to me. We think you should go to the bunny slope. <laughs> and you should go down the bunny slope a few times. And I looked at them and said, are you crazy in the head? Do I look like a bunny slope kind of a skier? <laughs> and I had these jackets on and I was like, you know, so dead. I mean, when you hit the ground, you could hardly get up. You, you're so stiff, you know what I mean? And so I took off some of these clothing that I was carrying on, and I said, no, let's go back up again. And I said, yes, what you have to do, you have to teach me how to stop. Because you see, I'm going down the slope, and all I can think of is Sonny Bono. <laughs> and we know what happened to him. That's all I can think of. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking, my God, I don't want to do a Sonny Bono and, and you know, take out a tree or something. So I, I, have, I look down the slope, and I see trees of green. No, I'm just kidding. I see trees and I see, you know, they're coming at me real fast. Even if I'm not moving, I still see the tree like it's coming at me. I'm, I think I might hit that tree. And the tree's like way off in the distance. So I said, please teach me how to stop. Well, they took me back up the slope and they taught me how to stop. 
And let me tell you what, when that light went on and I could actually ski and then actually stop, that same slope that took me like an hour and 15, hour and a half to get down, took me like 20 minutes the next time. Then it took me like 15, then 10, then five. Then I was passing up the little kids myself. Going, yeah, come on, man. And the only reason why I could do that was I had learned how to stop. See, that had triggered in my mind, you can stop yourself, don't worry about the trees, they're okay, they're not coming for you. You'll be able to stop your skis, you'll be able to, you can, you're in control of this whole thing. And then all of a sudden, skiing, I started enjoying it. Oh, you listen to me. Now, I didn't go down the black diamonds because I wasn't in that position, but, but let me tell you what, I, I actually could go down the mountain now and I could control things. Amen. See, it's the same as being in a storm. The, the difference in the early storms is I didn't know how to combat the storm. Now we get in the storm. Now I know how to combat the storm. I know how to step into that storm with the Holy Ghost, with the anointing on the inside of me, with the Word of God, and I know how to take authority over the storm so that the storm won't stop us from going forward. Oh, you listen to me. I can press on into the storm standing upon the Word because I know that I know that I know. What God has promised, He's also able to perform. So you get people that come along and they, 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 they tell you how sad the thing is and how bad everything is. And you, know, you look at them and go, man, I have a way out for you. I have a word and it's a way out for you. Oh, you listen to me. It doesn't matter what you're facing. You might be going through hell. Let me tell you what, that's what's so wonderful about the joy. The joy of the Lord can be your strength in your worst time, your worst season, your worst day. The joy of the Lord can be your strength. Hello. All you have to do is let it bubble out your belly. Once you got the revelation of the joy, listen, laughter is like a medicine. When you're going through a storm, maybe you need a little medication. Maybe you need something to calm your nerves. Ha, ha, ha. Ho, ho, ho. He, he, he. That'll calm your nerves. Hello. Maybe you need a drink to calm your nerves. Drink of the new wine of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Listen, there's something about the joy. It doesn't change the circumstance, but it changes how you respond to the circumstance, which ultimately changes the circumstance. Amen. Because it causes you to rise up in faith and not rise up in fear. Once I had the faith to stop, the fear was gone. Then I could go. Once I knew what the Bible said, once I had a revelation of the word concerning prosperity, blessing, and provision, then I can get out there and believe God, and it doesn't matter what I see in the natural realm. You know what? My God shall supply all my needs. Why? He said so in the word. Well, how are you going to make it? My God shall supply all my needs. Yeah, but how's it going to happen? My God shall supply all my needs. But surely you want to know how it's going to happen. No, I don't need to know. My God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's all I need to know. I don't need to know anything else. I don't need to know how he's going to do it. I don't need to know when. I just know he said he would. He said, why are you so fearful? How, it is, how is it that you have no faith? How is it that you have no faith? How is it that you have no faith in your circumstance and situation that you're facing right now? Don't you trust God no matter what it is? 
Don't you think God has made a plan, made a way, and He's going to take you from the situation you're in right now, and He's going to bring out His glory in it, and He's going to present it to you, and He's going to make a way where there doesn't seem to be a way? Come on now. I believe that with all my heart. I don't care what we face. I believe God will make a way. Listen, even though I could stop on those skis, I still had to put some action to it. Hello. Faith is an action. If I know what the Bible says, then I just operate on that in faith. I do what the Bible tells me to do, and then I trust God with every fiber of my being. You know, in the natural, the most craziest thing is if you need money, is to give it away. But when it comes to the Word, and when it comes to God and faith, it's the most normal thing to do. Well, brother, I need money, and I can't give it away. How are you going to get it? It's not going to come through your job, and if it was, you would have already had it. So how about trusting God? He can open up the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing. Hello? God pouring you out a blessing, there's not enough room to receive it or contain it. Hello? He said, I'll fill your barns with plenty. Your vats will overflow with new wine. That's what he said. That's what he promised. He said, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. That means everywhere I go, there are people that come across my path. They're looking to bless me. Why? Because it's scriptural. It's what the Bible says. It's what I believe. You remember that, that line I said, remember? Jesus said, let us pass over to the other side. See, if the disciples had remembered that line, they could have turned to one another and said, you know what? Jesus said, we're going over to the other side. Therefore, we will not drown. Therefore, we will not perish because we're going over to the other side. Listen to this real carefully. The Word of God is filled with promises concerning provision, blessing, and abundance. There's nowhere in the Bible that I can see where God said, I'm going to put poverty on you to teach you a lesson. I'm going to keep you poor. I don't see, I've studied the Word for years. I don't see that anywhere. Hello. That, that message is a message preached by religion. That's what it is. Preached by religion. Because man don't understand the ways of God, so they don't understand the good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So religion tries to explain the word, and all religion can do is come up with poverty. You might be in a storm right now, facing something that's impossible. You might have the wind and the waves crashing your boat. It might look like your boat's about to go under. Let me tell you some good news. There are promises in the word of God that if you stand upon this word, it's going to take you over to the other side. It's going to take you over to the other side. It's going to take you over to the other side. You are not going to perish. You are not going to drown. Your boat is not going to sink. Because God is with you. Jesus is in the boat. Find out where he is and hang out with him. And if you're sleeping somewhere, put your head on his pillow. I believe what God's about to do in the body of Christ is beyond our imagination, beyond what we can even begin to imagine or think. I believe what God's, the, the finance that God's about to release on the body of Christ, it's going to blow some cotton-picking minds apart. Are you listening to me? And we're going to have to stand and say, look what the Lord has done. Look how God has blessed me. Look how the provision of God's come upon me. Why? Because we're standing on the Word, trusting God with every fiber of our being. Listen, when you do this, you will not lack 
for a thing. I said you will not lack for a thing. You will not lack for a thing. No lack in the house. No lack in your finances. Hello. There's a funding. There is a funding coming of the end time harvest. A financial funding coming for the end time harvest. And that financial funding that's coming has to come into the hands of the believer. So that the believer that knows what to do with it is going to end up funding the end time harvest. And it's going to take, it's not even going to take millions. It's going to take billions and billions of dollars to fund this end time harvest. Because, listen to me real carefully, it is going to be the biggest harvest that this world has ever seen. If you don't know Jesus and need to rededicate your life right now, pray this prayer with me. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I confess right now that Jesus, you are my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart, take out the hardened heart, and give me a heart of flesh. Change me, Lord. Let me never be the same again. I repent and turn from my ways. I make you Lord of my life right now. Use me, Lord, in these days we are in. I am ready for your coming and always will be. I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul and setting me free. Amen. Now, if you pray this prayer, I would love to hear from you. So please email me at revivalpodcasthb at gmail.com. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Messages of Revival Podcast. For more, subscribe to Messages of Revival Podcast on Anchor, Google Podcast, and iTunes. And share this podcast with somebody that needs to be uplifted and blessed. God bless you.